0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and every week during the academic year, I sit down with members of the Monmouth College community to talk to them about their interests, what they do, and things they've done. In this 12th edition of Monmouth College Conversations for the 2022-2023 school year, I visit with Monmouth alumnus Chris Pio. Chris recently published his second book about college mascots. This one covers NCAA Division II programs, and it's called Gorillas, Gators, and Greyhounds, the NCAA Division II nickname and Mascot Menagerie. 1984 Monmouth alumnus Chris Pio is quickly becoming one of the leading experts on college mascots. In 2021, Chris published Griffins, Gorlocks, and Gusties, a history of NCAA Division III nicknames and mascots. He's followed that up this year with Gorillas, Gators, and Greyhounds, the NCAA Division II nickname and mascot menagerie. Chris is a member of Mammoth's prestigious M Club Hall of Fame. He served as Mammoth's Sports Information Director and he's also been a coach at the college. Chris and his wife Bobby currently live in Iowa. They're both Mammoth alumni and their son Eric is a member of the Mammoth class of 2026. I started off our conversation by asking Chris how he became interested in college teams' nicknames.
1: uh, It's been a really fascinating journey uh, reading about nicknames and mascots. It really started when I was in college, uh, uh, obviously as a student athlete, but more so uh, it really started to take off when I was uh, uh, the SID there. I put together the the college record books before I left in 99 and, and researching the origin of the Fighting Scots. I think that was the first nickname that I researched, and then it just kind of took off from there. and, and the idea rattled around in my head for quite a while, and and uh, finally, a few years ago, I had the I had the time and and the uh, the opportunity to start putting some thoughts down on paper. And obviously, I started with Division Three. That book came out a year ago, and and that was the group that I was most familiar with. And then it just kind of uh, has evolved from there.
0: This is in your book that there are three hundred and three NCAA Division Two schools. They're located in 44 states, which includes Alaska and Hawaii, plus Puerto Rico and Canada. So the Division II is pretty much spread out all over North America.
1: It is. It's a different group. And, and, and again, I started the, with the Division III world because that's where I have spent the last 40 years You know, at Monmouth and, and, and sports information. And now my daughter is a student athlete at Coe, and, and all three of our kids are in Division III schools, Coe and Cornell and Monmouth. So I started from a from a place of of familiarity, uh, and as I say in the Division Two book introduction, it's not a group that I'm very familiar with. My brother, uh, who did the cover art for both works, uh, is is a graduate of Pittsburgh State. The gorillas, one of the the three animals on the title, uh, so I, I gave him a a, a, a nod of credit. Uh, he's the only one that, that, that in our family or, or that I'm really uh, familiar with that, that has gone to a Division II school. So it's just not a very, uh, it's not a very familiar group. And so it, it, it was even more uh, interesting and, and and eye-opening to to find out about the history of some of the Division II schools from across the country. And like you said, Puerto Rico and Canada, you know, Division II, if you look at just sheer numbers, that's the smallest group in terms of the number of schools, but it's the most diverse in terms of of, of their location and certainly their their geographical footprint. With with uh, you know three in Hawaii, two in Alaska, the one in Canada which joined in twenty twelve, and then the the, the three in uh, in Puerto Rico uh, that came in in twenty fifteen. So it, it's a really uh, really varied group uh, with a lot of different stories.
0: You said that there's a varied group of members of the Nciple Division two, but about two-thirds of them use animal nicknames. Those are very popular among Division II schools.
1: Where Division Three schools uh, started in New England, you'd think of colonial America and, and how things spread across our country from, from east to west. Uh, you know, there's a there's a huge um, majority of Division Three schools in New England and, and, and the, the northeast and, and up and down the east coast. And, and then uh, as you go from east to west, it, it kind of thins out a little bit. Division two really had its uh, had its uh, start—not its start, but it, it, the the majority of Division two schools, Dwayne, really uh, came from about the Civil War time. Uh, the Morrill Land Grant uh, Act of, of 1862, that was signed by President Lincoln, that established a lot of the state schools, a lot of the ag and, and mechanical schools, a lot of the A and M's that have turned into the state universities now. Uh, a lot of the HBCUs, the historically black colleges and universities, were started after the Civil War ended to educate uh, uh, recently freed slaves. So they've got a different, uh, a different uh, history. And it just in, in, in looking at the group as a whole, uh, the majority, as you just mentioned, the majority, you know, two thirds or so, use animals uh, as their nickname for whatever reason. Uh, and, and it's just like Division Three. The reason for for using the same mascot. It is not the same from school to school, but it just seemed like there were more uh, more uh, schools that used animals. And so that was the that was the 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 uh, the reason really behind the name of the book and, and the cover art of the book, just highlighting the, 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 the variety of, of animals that are used. Some very common. You have your hawks and your cardinals and your tigers and bears and bulldogs, just like the other two divisions. Uh, but there are some in Division two that are very unique. Uh, and that are one of a kind. And so I tried to identify those on the cover. And then uh, certainly uh, throughout the book, uh, I included a number of those unusual ones in the pictures. There's a hundred plus pictures in the book. And so you'll find a, you know, you'll find a javelina, a wild pig from South Texas. You'll find a a sea wolf from uh, from Alaska Anchorage. You'll find a bull weevil from Arkansas Monticello. You'll find uh, a lot of uh, animals that we're not really familiar with here in the Midwest. but schools uh, in those different parts of, of the country are familiar with those native animals. And so it was really, again, an interesting group to, to learn more and more about. One school's called the Nanooks. What's a Nanook? The the, the University of Alaska Fairbanks uh, nickname is the Nanooks, N-A-N-O-O-K. Nanook is an Eskimo word meaning polar bear. Simple as that. Uh, it, it's, a, it, it's a perfect fit. Uh, so, uh, the, the Alaska Fairbanks mascot, the, the physical mascot is a costume polar bear. Uh, there are two, uh, schools in division three that, that use the polar bear as a mascot. They're the only ones in division two, but they don't call themselves the polar bears. They use the native Eskimo word Nanook. You
0: note know in the book that golden is very popular about 15 schools are golden something.
1: Yeah, I, lo- I looked, uh, you know, I looked at, at, at division two versus division three, because now I had that full complement to, to compare. And, and just like in, in division three, there are a variety of, of different adjectives and, and uh, names that keep coming up over and over again. But I just thought it interesting because in division two, if you look just at, at, at the golden blank, there's 15 different, there's golden Rams, there's golden suns, there's golden bears, there's golden falcons, there's golden eagles. Uh, uh, there's, there's uh, uh, golden uh, tigers uh, so it was just interesting to see how the, the color adjective has has exploded. There's not as many in Division II that use only the color, but instead they've used it to kind of spruce things up. There's there's blues and maroons and reds, but it, golden certainly has the, the majority of the names in D2.
0: You know, I guess also looking at your D3 book, what do you think the interest is or the appeal is when a school adds a color to their nickname and they become the Golden Bears or the Golden Knights or the... Golden eagles is—is is that supposed to uh, uh, imply that they're a special kind of of, of animal or or not?
1: I think so. I, I think so. There's you know the, the 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 allure of gold as as the the standard of excellence, the standard of, of elitism. I think that they, you know they they used that to try to set themselves apart from their competition. Uh, uh, golden eagle is a, is a natural species of bird, so in some instances it's it, it's the the native animal, but. You know, you throw golden in front of Rams or Bears or or uh golden knights. It just implies a different level of excellence. And so they're just trying to set themselves apart from their their competition. There's a school in, in Missouri, Lincoln University, one of two Lincoln Universities in Division II that are known as the Blue Tigers. Why Blue Tigers? Because the University of Missouri at Columbia, the flagship state school in Missouri is the are the Tigers. So how do they how do they separate themselves? Well, their colors are blue and white at, at Lincoln. So they're the blue tigers, not just the Tigers, they're the Blue Tigers. Tuskegee in Alabama uh, are the Golden Tigers. Uh, so it, it's just a, a way to differentiate you from your competitor, whether it's a geographical competitor, whether it's a conference rival, uh, whether it's a school that has maybe a little bit more notoriety or a little bit uh, better track record. So they're just trying to set themselves up uh, to, to build up their program and, and to give themselves their own unique identity. And that's why mascots and nicknames started in the very first place. What sets us apart from, from everybody else? We could be the Monument Scots. We're the fighting Scots. That puts a little bit of aggression and a little bit of, of, of emphasis behind our our, our our nickname. And so we carry that with pride, just like the Blue Tigers or the Golden Falcons or the, the the Red Hawks or whatever it might be.
0: What do you recall is one of the more interesting or maybe unusual origins of a school's nickname? Do any, any of them in Division two pop out?
1: Oh, they're they're all over. Uh the uh the gorillas. I'll use the gorillas because that's my brother's alma mater, Pitt State in, in Kansas, Pittsburgh State. Uh they're the gorillas not because of the animal, but they had a a, a spirit group, a pep group on, on campus in the 1920s. And back then, prohibition times, uh a gorilla was uh was a slang term for a rowdy individual, someone who who uh who uh, rebelled and and was a little bit aggressive and intimidating. And so their pep group was called the gorillas and that became their nickname uh, because they organized rallies. They sold tickets to football games. They, they they were a noticeable presence on campus as far as uh, school spirit. And, and, uh, and so Pitt state uh, adopted the gorilla, obviously the natural representation in terms of a physical mascot is a gorilla. And so the the gorilla uh image is all over Pitt State, pennants and banners and tur- shirts and statues and all that. And so you know their uh their their football stadium, they won four NCAA Division 2 National Football Championships. Uh their their stadium, their stadium is known as the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle because of the gorilla theme. But it didn't start out because of the animal. Uh so, you know, that that's that's one that really jumps out. In terms of of the origin, doesn't really match what you would think, and Divi- the Division Three book was was full of those. Uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 Nanooks, you know, that's another one. That's a that's that's one of those that, that just fits uh, perfectly. Uh, there's a school in in Kansas, one of one of Pitt State's uh, regional rivals, uh, Washburn. Uh, they're the Ichabods. Why? Because the Massachusetts deacon that left a bequest. Uh, to the school in the early 19th century, his name was Ichabod Washburn. They named the school after him, and they named then they they picked up the nickname after him, the Ichabods. Uh, so uh, there's a there's a school in uh, in South Carolina, Erskine College. Uh, they're known as the Flying Fleet. What's that? What, what's the Flying Fleet? Well, that was the name that was coined by a, a newspaper writer back in the early 1920s because of the passing efficiency of their football team. Uh, so that was, that's what Flying Fleet uh, is uh, represents, uh, but it is personified by a pilot because of the flying theme. So, so the, the 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 way that that schools have evolved how they represent their their nickname, whether it's unique or whether it's uh, very common, uh, is is just equally as uh, as entertaining as as the name itself.
0: You're listening to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. I'm talking to Monmouth College alumnus and M Club Hall of Famer, Chris Pio. Chris's second book on college mascots, which is called Gorillas gators, and greyhounds, the NCAA Division II nickname and mascot menagerie was recently published. You can buy a copy of it online, including, of course, at Amazon. Before we get back to my conversation with Chris, a reminder that David Auburn's award-winning play Proof will be performed November 18th through the 20th in the Wells Theater. I've had the chance to watch a couple of the rehearsals, and it's another outstanding production by the folks in the Monmouth Department of Theater. You can purchase a ticket at the box office or online online at monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E, and then clicking on the current season link, also on November's 20th, the Monmouth College Symphonic Concert Band will perform. That band features Monmouth College students as well as community members. They perform under the direction of John Eckstein, who's director of the college's marching bands. That concert will be at two in the afternoon, again on Sunday, November 20th, in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. Now, let's get back to my conversation with Monmouth alumnus Chris Pio. As Chris mentioned, the Midwest does not have a plethora of NCAA Division II schools. Rather, schools in this region are more likely to be affiliated with the NCAA Division I or III, or the NAIA. Chris says that culture and history help explain that. You mentioned that there are more than 300 NCAA Division II schools that are spread out all over the country. but there aren't a lot in sort of fighting Scott's country. Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Indiana doesn't have many NCAA Division II schools. What do you think the reason is for that?
1: Well, again, I think the the part of it is, is just the history of, of how this area of the country was settled. Again, Division three, like I mentioned earlier, Dwayne, uh, a lot of the colonial uh, schools in, in New England. Well, then you had, had immigrants or settlers that picked up from, from those locations and came westward and and founded that's how monmouth was founded obviously by scotch presbyterians a lot of schools in 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 the middle part of the state you mentioned indiana ohio missouri uh iowa illinois wisconsin uh were founded by by settlers and immigrants uh and they had different religious connections they had different uh faith organizations whatever it might be the division twos again going back to how they were created through land grants through state uh legislation uh there just aren't that many. Uh, and again, that was, that was part of, of, of the, the, uh, the, the education that I, I, received in learning about division two schools. I knew a few. And again, like I said, my, my brother was a pit pit grad. And so I do a little bit just uh, the schools that they competed against. Uh, but the, you don't have a lot of the state university system, you know, the UW schools up in Wisconsin, uh, the state universities out in New York, uh, where you see some of the state, sponsored the schools are out in california because again the division two schools as as the westward expansion happened across the country all of those directional schools eastern northern southwestern southeastern all those state uh, schools that that grew up from from an agricultural foundation uh, they became division two schools for whatever reason uh, they just decided to put more resources into their their financial aid and and their uh, their student assistants and, and division three did. So they could have easily become division one or division three, but that middle ground is, is really a, a, a mix of, of different uh, histories and, and a diff- different reasons. Uh, but there are only four in Illinois. There's only one in Iowa. There's only one in Wisconsin. Uh, there are just a couple in, in, in Indiana. Uh, there's a few more in Missouri uh, but then as you go further south and southeast, southwest, you'll get more and more Division twos, and then and then of course Division ones. That book is coming a year from now. Uh, but uh, so it, it was really interesting to 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 read and learn more about the middle ground.
0: So that's what I was going to ask. You've done Division three, Division two. It looks like the next one up is either Division one or the NAIA, uh,
1: in that order. Division one, then the NAIA. Uh, Someone, uh, one, of, one, of, uh, one of my alum friends uh, mentioned when I was back on, home, uh, on campus for homecoming, hey, you should write a book about some of the weird high school mascots in the country. I said, well, maybe, eventually. But I've got some other things in mind between now and then, because uh, I've got a couple of different groups of, of colleges and universities. I said, that's the beauty of the subject. There's a wealth of material. Uh, there's a wealth of material, because uh, obviously everybody is familiar with, with sports, whether it's high school or college or professional. And so there's always a different subset that that, that I can turn to. But I did. I started with the division three. Uh, the reception to that book uh, really gave me the encouragement and the energy to to continue on with my uh, with my plan with my with my project uh, goal, which is was to, to to write about all of them. Uh, if that one would have fizzled, I I don't know if I would have had much uh, initiative to do the the, the second one. Uh, but it was so well received and everybody was so positive uh, a year ago when the D3 book came out that it, like I said, it gave me, it gave me just renewed energy and and, and enthusiasm to, to start back with the, with a new fresh set of, of schools that I didn't know much about. And I worked on that for the last year and, and division two came out before this academic year, before the 22, 23 year. And I've already started writing on the division one stories. So I'll, Send out requests to uh, to start to get some mascot photos here within the next few weeks, and start to put together the the inside of the Division One book. and The plan is to get that ready for uh, publication and release sometime in the summer of twenty three uh, for the next school year, and then NAIA and junior colleges, and we'll see where it goes from there. But but certainly the the, the three NCA divisions were that was the first. Uh, piece of, of, of the project in my mind, and I'm, I'm two-thirds of the way there, so I can't be more pleased with how it's That's turned out. That's
0: Monmouth alumnus Chris Pio discussing his latest book, Gorillas, Gators, and Greyhounds, the NCAA Division II Nickname and Mascot Menagerie. That's a follow-up to Chris's first book, which was called Griffins, Gorlocks, and Gusties, a history of NCAA Division Three Nicknames and Mascots. Both of those books are perfect gifts for the sports junkie in your life, and you can find both of them online, including, of course, at Amazon. And that's a wrap on this 12th edition of Mammoth College Conversations. Tell us what you think or add to the conversation by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put conversation in the subject line. Mammoth College Conversations is going to take the Thanksgiving week off so it can feast on turkey, oyster dressing, and other autumn delectables. So until our next conversation, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day, stay healthy, and happy Thanksgiving.